0: It's pretty amazing. I was here the other day and uh, this lady drives up with the car and she says, I have some boxes and she had a hundred and three shoe boxes that she does by herself. She starts now for next year and just collects and buys and plans and starts the sow and and that seed that was being planted, it was just it was really Amazing. We are in connection with our friends in Ecuador and they use the shoeboxes there in they get the, the shoe boxes in June. And uh, I, I believe it was in June. And and for them, they are able to use that as a tool for Jesus. You know, just to just to bless and to do whatever. Come on. If if you haven't taken one, today is your day you have an appointment you have an appointment to go get a box and and bless somebody in this world that is way less privileged than than we are in this house we are so blessed amen amen come on now i want to talk to you this morning uh uh, uh we've been doing a series uh in the middle and I, this is the last one the last one of the series and this one I've entitled, In the Middle of the Story. In the Middle of Your Story. And we're going to look in, in, in uh, John chapter 11 at the life of Lazarus and the experience. And I, Lazarus, that, that account has got to be the longest time that scripture records Jesus ministering to somebody, to a family. I want to draw some things out of there today. I've preached on this numbers, like uh, out of this text, numbers of times. But I believe this morning that there are some people in this room, God is going to remove a stone that has been blocking you and you are going to be able to see and hear, see and hear the power of God. Every day, each one of us make history. Turn to somebody near you and say, you are a history maker. You're a history maker. We are all influencing somebody. We're impacting and influencing for change, either positively or negatively, every day. Those close to us, or those, you know, in the wider spectrum of our culture, and we've been created for that purpose. And I... Love the way the psalmist David said, he says in Psalm 139, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together. I, my wife knits. And every time I read this scripture, I see those knitting needles in there just kind of just tying what was at loose ends. Bringing it together, and he is doing such a marvelous job. Turn to somebody near you and say, he did a marvelous job on you. You're looking good today. David says, thank you for making me so wonderfully, I'm reading out of the New Living, uh, so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. God is writing a story of your life. I, I, I like to read. I like some stories. especially like stories that have, uh, you know, there's an evil plot and the good one comes along and wipes them all out. I like that. Kind of like Jesus, you know. And and those kind of stories, he's using and he's writing a story about you. Every Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Some of you need to get that. We need to get that in our minds. He has already gone before us. He's walked it out. He's walked it out. So if He can do it, we can do it. Right? Some of you are looking at me like, oh, that's not. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They are innumerable, and I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. And this question came to mind. What is he writing about me in this moment of time? What's he writing about me? What is going on? See, our book of, is made up of many chapters. Each chapter contains a story or two, at least. Every story, every chapter lived becomes his story or history. His story is drawing, is leading, it's teaching, it's strengthening, it's healing, it's rebuilding, it's refocusing, it's restoring and calling us to experience the love and the goodness of God. That's that's what he's all about. He's there. He is writing. He is creating. He is building. He is drawing. How many of you have ever been drawn back into the presence of God? Like, like this morning was awesome. God is moving in this house. And we come in from off the streets, so to speak. We come in out of, out of a different environment. And all of a sudden he is, it's like he's got this magnet, magnetic, magnetic Feel we we just start to come into His presence, and and for the last three days, there's been a song, a few lines of the song. In Your presence, it's where I belong. In Your presence, O Lord, my God. I can't sing it very good this morning, but it and and it's been an experience because it's been throughout the day. It'll just drop in. I wake up in the night, it's playing, and it's like he's got this few lines on repeat. And what he's saying is, he's just, come, come, come. I just want to hold you. I just want to love you. I just want to pour into you. I just want to encourage you, I want to strengthen you, I want to do it all, and what I'm going to do is still start to just uncover the gold that I've placed in your life. In that book I've written, there is so much gold in that place, and I'm just going to come, and I'm going to uncover it. See, sometimes in that story, we experience illness, we experience family upheaval, job loss, or whatever else that can kind of disturb the flow of our lives, and it's in this moment, in those kind of moments, that we have to always remember His affection always trumps our affliction. His affection always trumps our affliction. Always, we cannot go anywhere. And so, what's going on in the middle of your story? And 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 turn to your neighbor and say, "His stuff happens." Stuff happens, you know. You you don't know. We don't know. Yesterday we had a memorial for a man that passed away, and from some of our kids club history, historic kids club guys, and 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 it was so good to connect with them and their families. But and 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 we can take those moments and we can connect and we can try and bring good out of those moments. But everybody's got stuff that happens. A lot of it is unpredictable, like cats wide and running away. And in that moment, there's all kinds of anxiety and there's all kinds of emotion and going on. And then you have to learn to rest in that moment; otherwise, you get tired. John eleven. If you would turn with me, we're going to use it. It's a long passage of scripture. We're just going to be taking little snapshots of it or highlights. John chapter 11, to sum it up, Lazarus is sick. He's ill. This is a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who poured the expensive perfume on her Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. And so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus and said, Lord, the one you love is very sick. When Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness does not, will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this. Our purpose... Just like the Westminster Catechism says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forevermore. To enjoy him and to glorify him. Two things. That's all he's asking us. Two things. And I'm going to put it to you this way. Jesus loved this family enough to delay he loved this family enough to delay. Because he goes on to say, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And finally, after two days, he said, let's go to Judea. And again, and so the disciples objected because there was a price, there was a bounty on their head. And and he goes on to say a little bit more. And then verse 14, finally Uh, He says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad. Lazarus is dead, and I am glad I wasn't there, because this will give you another opportunity to believe in me, so come, let's go see. See, Jesus loved enough to delay. He delayed to allow the death of Lazarus. He delayed so sorrow and mourning would happen in the family and friends. He delayed so that they could witness a new level of glory. See, he had been going around, he's healing, he's delivering, he's healing, delivering, feeding people, doing all this. And now he's going to up the ante a little bit. Because I think in this, and just from some of the nuances of the conversation in in, in this text, People were getting used to the fact that they could come into his presence and be healed. It was becoming common or delivered. It was becoming common. And he said, okay, I'm going to raise the level of your trust in me so that we're going to go to the place because I am going to show you that I am the resurrection and the life. Healing and deliverance were being common. Now he was going to reveal his glory John first, John 1 and verse 14 says, So the word became human or became flesh and lived here on earth among us, and he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He was some of the translations say grace and truth. He we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of God. See, his perspective is always eternal. Our perspective perspective is always natural and he is looking at this thing he says I'm going to get some glory out of what you are perceiving as loss of what you are perceiving as as the end of the line I'm going to get some some glory how many of us in this place have gone through moments in our life when we thought the it was the end You've lost a business, you've lost a house, you've lost a a loved one, you've lost a marriage, you've lost whatever. And it's like, this is the end. I, I, I can't go on. And yet here he's saying, listen, I'm looking at this from a whole different perspective. Whole different perspective. And one of the things I'm learning slowly is that God always looks at it from a different perspective. He's looking at it from an eternal point of view because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. Turn to somebody and say, he knows. See, he lives in eternity and his life is poured into us from an eternal perspective always. And we live in this kind of divine Tension, mortal versus immortal. And, and, and when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that tension just increases because we see, we get this struggle that goes, am I walking with him or am I operating in the spirit or am I operating in my flesh? And all those kind of questions. See, and human, we, we are human and time framed. We live in a human and time framed life versus a divine and timeless life. See and, 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 and there's this tension of sickness. We experience that and 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 at the same time there's a glory that's waiting. And and in this sickness we we in this tension that is in between uh, we have pain and then we have faith. And then we have pain. And then we spend a little time and our trust grows and then we don't feel so good anymore. And then it just kind of, there's this tension all the time. And how do I walk by faith now unless I learn to live from that eternal perspective? He's he's wanting to take us higher. Turn to somebody near you and say, he's wanting to take you higher. He's wanting to take you higher. He's going to, he's going to build you. He's going to build. See, he says, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because this will give you another opportunity to believe in me. See, that's the beauty of faith. Faith grows. Faith always grows. And, and, and scripture says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And some days, you know, I, I used to have faith to stand up when I was a little kid now I don't it's automatic I have faith to fly <laughs> no <laughs> not yet but one day one day we will leave this earth and see we, we, we grow in faith and and what Jesus was trying to do is say listen guys you know I know you have faith to, to, for healing I know you have faith for multiplication of, of resources. I know that. Now I'm going to build your faith. I'm going to plant some seeds in here and give you an opportunity to believe for life. How many of us want to believe for life? We want to believe for life because that's part of the mandate. Uh, Romans, Roman uh, illness. Okay. Illness would not lead, the illness of of Lazarus would not lead to death in the ultimate sense, but it would lead through death to display the glory of God. See, there's life on the other side of what I'm going through. Say that to somebody right now. There's life on the other side of what I'm going through. See we often think that when we're facing something like like Lazarus this illness would not it just led to death it would it didn't lead to death it led through death what he was expe- what he's experiencing the death when something dies in our life we got to look at it that god is going to take me through to the other side he has a higher pur- purpose in this he has a higher destiny for me to walk in Amen? Amen? Amen. Those things that have happened to us in our lives, those things when we've lost a business, when we've lost, a, 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 you know, just the life stopped flowing the way it was. And we thought it was the end. It's not the end. It's God giving us an opportunity to go through what we thought we were holding on to, what was shaping us. Romans eleven thirty-six says, For everything comes from him, and everything exists by his power. Everything, everything. Turn to somebody and say, Everything exists by him. And his power is in and is intended for his glory. To him be glory forevermore. Amen. No matter what we are going through right now, it is an opportunity to worship. Some of us We'll never get the opportunity again in our lives to worship in this moment the way He wants us to worship because I'm going through daily, daily, daily. I'm going through the stuff I'm going through. And in that moment, I get an opportunity to extol His virtue, to glorify His name, to lift Him up, to exalt Him. And in that exaltation, He has this way of infusing into me the strength to walk through. Amen. It says when Jesus arrived and left Bethany 4 days later many people had gathered around Martha and Mary. I, I one thing jumped out at me at that when when it says when it's when I read that was this the community is affected by your story. Your community is affected by your story. I watched yesterday at that Memorial. the number of stories that came out of the connections that had been made in years past they had been affected we didn't think so but there was an effect that was going on God was doing something you know, he is Jehovah Sneaky <laughs> he works around behind everything else We think we're just living life, and He's fully at work in our in 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 the shadows. And and God is so good. And Martha comes to Jesus and she says, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Later, Mary would come and say the same thing, word for word. See, disappointment is infectious. Disappointment is infectious. It is very difficult to see the future when we become disappointed. Especially disappointed with God. Disappointment always blinds us from seeing in hope. And Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when dreams come true, there is life and joy. Jesus speaks hope here. He says, Your brother will rise again. He will live again. And <coughs> Martha, <laughs> yes, but along with everyone else, he's going to rise again. And and so in that moment, in that moment, Martha is faced with a thank you. Martha is faced with a, a with the reality of her belief. I think a lot of times we believe that. Jesus is coming again. There's no question about that. We believe that he is the resurrection and the life in the sense of the last day when the dead will rise in Christ and we who are alive will rise with them. We have a sense of that. But do you believe that he can resurrect you in your story now? Yes, he can. Do you believe? Martha struggled with it. She gave him a generic answer. Yes, Lord, I believe on the last days. And I think a lot of times we do that because we are scared to release the faith and trust in that moment that we believe things, because disappointment has already started to infect us. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we take authority over infection of hopelessness that has come into so many lives for so many situations. I take authority over that, and we command that to leave and hope to rise. Hope to rise. Because, Lord, you are the hope. You are our hope. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they may die like everyone else, will live again. They They are given eternal life for believing in me and will never perish. Do you believe this? And if you're here in this house today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your savior, do you believe that Jesus Christ died and he rose again? Because this is your opportunity to start an incredible relationship with him. It's a growing journey that you're going to experience Pastor Brandon led that earlier on in the communion and, and, and I just really encourage you, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, give it, give it your life to Jesus. It's worth it. And I ask you today, do you believe what appears dead can live? Do you believe that situations that appear terminal can live? We have a number of terminal cases that are going on right now. Do you believe that they can live? Because in that believing, God then brings the resources, the hope, the inner strength, and that faith to rise that allows the Holy Spirit to move freely. Freely. Yes, Lord, I believe I'll take another three Advil. I think a lot of times that's where we're at. I believe that he's the resurrection. Church, I know, I've sensed in my spirit, I know that what God is doing in this time is he's calling out a, a, a a remnant of a number of believers, he's calling out a house that is going to walk solely focused on him. And they're going to know the power and the presence of God. The, the, the mixture, the, the, the influence of the world is just going to drop off because there's such a focus on I know who I have believed in. And I am absolutely persuaded that he is able to keep everything that I commit. So many times I find in my life, I I commit this and then I substitute my visa card. I commit this and then I step back into it. And he's bringing us to this place where it's all or nothing. I believe... Last weekend, we heard that all-in message. It was so good, so good. God is doing it. God is doing it. Do you believe that those lost and without Jesus can live? Do you believe that Jesus can change everything far beyond our imagination? That concept of limiting God must die. When Lazarus died, his dreams died. Mary and Martha's dreams died. The town of Bethany's dreams died. And mourning started. And there was a mourning that started in that, and and, and there was a a, a grief that flowed through. See, we grieve because we love, and what we love is now gone. It's no longer able to receive the expressions of our love. And so Jesus sees this grieving, he sees this weeping, And wailing, and he's moved with indignation. I I wondered about that. But I tell you, Jesus always sees in living color. We see in this world, by faith, he sees in living color. And he goes, Where have you put him? And this is then Jesus wept. Where have you put him? People will always, and and, and then people, some were were happy and some were critical. And I'll tell you this, whenever you get ready to work a miracle, whenever you see a miracle, there will be applause and criticism. Always. Applause and criticism. Turn to somebody near you and say, you need to get comfortable with that. (laughs) You need to be good with it. If Jesus faced it, we're going to face it. He's, he's, he set the bar. He set the bar. Verse 38 says, And again, Jesus was deeply troubled, and they came to the grave. There was a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. And he says, roll a stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, said, Lord, now... By now, the smell will be terrible because he's been dead for four days. And that's very true. See, it's incredible how many times we argue with the Lord when we get an instruction. He'll say to do something, and we'll give him, yeah, but... Turn to your neighbors say, no more yabbats. <laughs> no more yabbats. See, often we just seem to be so prone to argue and give excuses. He stinks. He's been dead for four days. But rather, I'm going to give you four things quickly. Number one, we must recognize the challenge. There was a stone on a tomb. What you see with your eyes is not what is. What you see with your eye is not what is. That tomb was becoming an incubator for a miracle. And I ask you to this morning, do you need a miracle? Can you believe? What's the stone that's standing in the way of your miracle? What's the stone? Secondly, remember who you are in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who. I can do. I can do. Through Christ who. Right. Right, 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 right. Remember that. Thirdly, is rest in the relationship. I want us to highlight Jesus' prayer. Jesus, in verse 40, he says, he responded, he says, didn't I tell you that you'd see the, God's glory if you believe? I think he's saying that same thing to us today. You will see God's glory if you believe. You will. And then he looked up and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of those standing here so that they will believe you sent me. The inner relationship that we have with the Lord doesn't need loud vocalization. But there is a moment when it is very appropriate for us to declare that. See, what is prayed in secret, your Father in secret will reward you openly. The moments that we spend in His presence, the the moments that we talk to Him, the moments that we communicate back and forth with Him in our In our heart, He lays the groundwork for that moment when we have to make a declaration Rock, get out of the way. Remove the stone and call to life those things that are dead. And those things that are dead can be uh, your relationships, you can be your job, you can be your future, you can be your health but you call that out and I every time I read this scripture there is just this thrill of knowing that we carry the weight of glory with our voice Lazarus come on out all the people that said he stinks so what Here comes Lazarus. Out of the tomb. Then Jesus says something. Lose him and let him go. Church, there's a lot of people that are going to come out of tombs. And we have to unwrap it. It's our job. There's a moment
1: right here in in here. Let's stand. Something's going to break in this room. As we, as we have heard this message today, this has been a series rap for the middle. But the word you said, Dad, was, it, it may look like death. Yeah. And in our concept of time, we feel like a death of a dream, a death of a marriage, a death of a business, a death of something. It's the, it's the end, mm-hmm. but it's the middle. Yeah. Because there's resurrection to step into through faith. And I want to ask you, over this whole series, different ones have said, this message really spoke to me, this message really spoke to me. I think we'd be missing something significant today. If we didn't have, Pastor, pray over people who would make a decision today that I used to think it was the end. But today, in faith, I'm going to step out of my seat. I'm going to come and stand around this front altar, this place of setting ourselves apart, to say, as of today, I'm changing my mind about that situation. It's no longer the end, it's just the middle. See, so if that resonates with you right now yeah. just start to come because we're going to do this quickly. If that's a you a situation in your life has become the middle today, you decide I'm going to call it the middle. I'm not going to call it the end. Yeah.
0: In in chapter 12 of John, we see the
1: and next. Let's not worry about the soup for a minute everybody. Yeah. I know it's coming quick. Yeah. We're not we'll pushing come. through this. We're going to it'll come. But I really feel there's people in here that have gone through something. Yeah. And and we're going to activate this right now. We need to activate this Right now, where you've said, I felt like it was the end of a season. It was the end of an era. It was the end, but it's just the middle. Just and let's just come stand, stand right up here. Let's be bold right tonight, today. And if you're watching, you're going to be praying, okay? Because this is a breakthrough. A breakthrough for one brother or sister is a breakthrough for the whole family in here today, okay? Is there anyone else that says, I, I called it the end, but I realize it's the middle. God can resurrect me. God can resurrect me. God can raise me up. God can raise the situation up. He can cause me to see life on the other end of loss. Yeah. Come on, anyone else? I feel like there's more people in here, but you're going to... Just stepping out is like tearing off the, the hold of the past. Jesus. Come on, if there's Jesus anyone else. Let's make some space here and come all the way over here. Can let's just Turn
0: around that corner there. And the same thing here.
1: This whole series on the
0: middle, maybe. I don't
1: know what your situation is, yeah. but you thought it was over. But God's going to mobilize life. It may not look yeah. the same. That's okay. Yeah. But you're going to see life rather than death. Life rather than loss. Resurrection rather than
0: the next chapter the story is this mary and martha made a dinner and they had everybody there and lazarus was sitting enjoying the goodness of jesus in that moment amen and what he's wanting for all of you for all of this in this house come on, come is on. for us to enjoy the goodness of god Let's in, press in, in a little farther. Wholeness. Everybody, take a step
1: forward. Make some room yeah. for some more people. These simple acts, these simple things like stepping out of your seat, are prophetic in power. They can speak to your future. Yeah. Yeah. They can break sure. you free. Anyone else that says I'm ready for this not to be the end, but the middle? Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Lord Jesus, right now, reach your hands
1: forward. If you're not, if you're not here right now, but
0: reach. You your hands commanded forward. them to roll away. The stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, I ask forgiveness right now for each one who has placed significance on the stone and used that to stop as an excuse to stop where you've taken them. We break that right now. We break that right now. Every
1: lie that's been spoken repetitively yeah. as a routine in your life—that I will never do that again. I lost my Jesus. chance. I missed my opportunity. This will never be as good as. And right now, we break off those lies. We replace them with the truth. That said, God can make something out of dust. He can make something out of ashes. He can make something out of nothing. He is the God who does things out of nothing. He can resurrect... Uh, relationships, he can resurrect uh, finances, even places that have lost, there's some in this room you've been losing money like crazy over this last season right now, we say Lord would you just break that off right now and even though the culture's going one way would you bless your people would you bless your people, that they would not have a fatalistic mentality, that they would have an optimistic and and an eternal mindset on this stuff, right now, right now right now and I want us to pray this prayer all around this room. Repeat it after me. It's a prayer like this, just saying, Oh God, I want to create new ways of thinking. But it's here's what happens. When you constantly speak death, you will create pathways in your mind. How many of you were called stupid your whole life and you ended up doing stupid things? And it took somebody saying you're awesome to start doing awesome things. you got to speak that over yourself. So right now we're going to say, Father God, I ask you today to help me to create new pathways with my words empowered by your spirit and I ask you to make the bad words <laughs> or the negative words or the limiting words that they would make me sick in my stomach and that words of life would replace words of death Because I have a future, and I have a hope, and I have a destiny. My life is a setup to this point for the next thing you've called me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's sing Battle Belongs to the Lord today when we go out of this place. Come on. How many believe the battle belongs to the Lord right now? Lindsay, could you just come and walk through and pray for some of these ladies? Just, She's just going to stop and talk. She's just going to touch your head. But I believe there's a point of contact right now. She's going to lay hands on you. Amen. Suit people you're released to start helping. If you don't, if you don't know what to do and you just want to help, just stand, go see Kevin. Kevin, wave your hands. Go meet Kevin. He's at the doors there. He's wearing a lanyard. Amen. Amen. Just keep moving through. We're just going to pray for you quickly.